bonus episode for the week we are talking about Evelyn Plummer. Eve. Today is a character profile of our favourite news member of well, there's loads of good ones. Yeah, yeah, it is. I was like really surprised when I was looking at who we should do, um, how long she's been in the programme. Because I've, I've got a list of characters that we haven't profiled yet, and obviously not too many left on there now. But like, it's mostly made up of the, the recent characters. So it's like, well, obviously we've not done the Baileys yet because they're pretty new, and we haven't done George yet, and so on. But that Evelyn was on has, has been on that list as well, and like I've been thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, she's still like brand new, but she's coming up on her five year anniversary on Coronation Street. Can you believe that? I would have, yeah. I would have put it at like three maybe. Three years. Yeah, three maybe, but no, five five years. Um, next month should have been on the show, so I think that's probably about time that we did a profile of her. There's definitely been periods when she hasn't been in the show, so has that made it felt less? Less long, I don't know. There's been periods where lots of people haven't been on the show recently. Yeah, very, very true. But anyway, so hopefully there'll be a lot for us to chat about today. Um, about the stuff that she's been up to, what we like about her as a character, all that jazz. Um, and we we were going to do this a couple of weeks ago, but um, then we managed to arrange the interview with Jodie Prenger. So this has got bumped back a little bit. So it's been a while since I wrote my notes for this, but hopefully it's going to come made... back to me. You made Maury Lippman wait. I did, I did for Jodie. Oh. If Jodie, if Maury Lippman wants to come on the podcast and oh, yeah. have a have a bit of a chat, well, then I think who am I to stop her? I'd drop everything for that. Well, Jodie had did an excellent interview. She did. She did. Um, yeah. So Ma- Maureen Lippman has played uh, Evelyn Plummer for five years. So we're going to be going all about her story. Gemma, I would like to call upon you to run down the character's vital statistics. For for facts, facts, facts. Time, time for facts, facts. Yeah. Born on the seventh. Sure that Maureen would have appreciated that. She loves it. Born on the seventh. We all know she loves music <laughs> and jazz. Go on, tell me I stuff. I was doing a scoochy do. What is it called when you scat? I was scatting. Okay. Everywhere. Born on the seventeenth of March, nineteen forty-six. Uh, we don't know who her parents were, but we, we know she not. had a sister called Millie Pritchard. They'd probably change it anyway, and if we did know her parents, uh, it turns out, no, she was raised by someone else. She was raised by a stork. <laughs> she was married to Harold Plummer, and she had one child that we know of called Cassandra Plummer. Cassie. Cassie, uh, who is played by Claire Sweeney. She first appeared on the 12th of September 2018, so we're coming up to her five-year anniversary. Good maths. It's almost like I hadn't just told you that fact. Thanks. She's been in 398 episodes yeah. and she's played by Maureen Lippman. 398, that's not bad. That's given give us enough to chat about this afternoon. Um, so Maureen Lippman, when when she was cast, I think that was uh, that's sent ripples across the, the, the soap the world, world, didn't it? Because you know, she's not just any old cast in here. I mean, you got big where you got, oh, look, Claire Sweeney's playing um, Tyrone's real mum. That's, that's kind of fairly big. But Maureen Lippman... Well, Claire Sweeney's famous for being in a soap. Um, yeah, yeah. And then she became a celebrity in lots of things as herself. Yeah. Whereas Maureen Litwin, she's like a proper actor, isn't she? She's lovely. <laughs> well, she's a lovely, isn't she? That's the thing. All proper actors. They're yeah. all proper actors. She's but... the sort of actor that I would think. I would have said, oh, they, they don't have time for the likes of Coronation Street. They'd no. rather be doing their Shakespeare and, uh, and their BBC One 
post-watershed dramas. Or, she's done all the Shakespeare's probably. Okay, she probably has. Or just, you know, at a certain time of life, just sitting back and not doing any acting. Dunking your biscuits. But this this is proof. I, I can't remember how old what? Maureen is now, but Evelyn has just turned 73. And it's just kind of show that she's got so much left to give in her. And it's brilliant that she's decided to dedicate to a, five years at no. least of her life to Coronation Street. Do you think yeah. that she's the biggest celebrity in a soap in the UK? I don't know. I can't. Just famous from be- for being in a soap. Possibly. I don't know enough about the other soaps. So I have to no, say. No, we we just say yes. Then. Yes, she definitely, definitely is. I think um, a lot of people were quite surprised when her casting was announced, and um, it, she has she has gone on to show what an asset she has been, and kind of makes me think, oh, I'd love it if they could. X Y Z. Who else could they get? People that we think would get back never. Patrick Stewart. Get, get him back again, yeah. Retired um, fire officer Stuart. Of course. We love all the actors on Corrie. Just sometimes we get excited with, with a sort of celebrity yes. signing. And like I said, most of, most of the older cast members who've been there for a long time are celebrities in their own right just because of their work on Coronation Street. Yeah. I mean, you had, I mean, I can't remember how old, how famous, say, Betty Driver was before she got the job well, on Coronation okay. Street. A lot of the very um, early stars of Corrie were famous on, you know, the halls mm. and the music hall circuit and entertaining um, in that capacity, so. Yeah. But she she is, um, is she, I think she must be Corrie's first, only dame to be on the on the books, we've had our OBEs and our MBEs, but oh. just recently she's been made a dame, so she's she's pretty hot stuff. <laughs> uh, if you don't know we've much, we've had of... lots of people who've gone on to play dames. We have, yes, that's the usual, uh, the next, usual next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Maureen trained at the London Academy of Music uh, and Dramatic Ms. Art. That's Lipman to you. Yes, yeah, that's right. We're on first home terms, darling. Oh, yeah. um, she she grew up in Hull part of a Jewish family and I know that's something that's been very important to her over the course of, of her life. Um, she made her theatre debut in Watford, would you believe, in the production of The Knack at the Palace Theatre. Uh, but she's also been a member of Laurence Olivier's National Theatre Company, the Royal Shakespeare Company indeed. Um, and she's, she's basically done a heck of a lot of stage work over the years, as in addition to all the, all the TV and, and film um Role what? she's had, yeah. So her screen debut, as far as I could tell, um, was in 1968's Up the Junction. Don't ask me what that they was. They don't like it, Up the Junction. No. Um, and she was also, she, she was basically, from the 70s onwards, she was, you know, before our time, she was a regular face on telly. She she appeared in Crown Court. There was a programme called Couples that she was in for 51 episodes, Agony, um, loads and loads of programmes. In 1992, she played um, Countess Esmeralda in Carry On Columbus. Hmm? I did not know that they were still making carry-on films in the 90s. I was really surprised to hear that. <laughs> I know that they did like... I, 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 I There was a talk of reviving them oh. yeah, at some point in the last 10 years, but I don't think that's gone anywhere. I don't What's, know was Columbus one of the last ones? Because to me, the carry-on films are a bit, kind of, I'd say, 70s. 70s and 80s. Maybe. So anyway, she, she was in that. Well, um, there you go. Get in while, while it's hot. And another non-Coronation Street role that uh, lots of people will know her from, I certainly do, was when she played um, a character called The Wire in the Doctor Who episode, The Idiot's Lantern, in 2006. I don't know what that means. This was the one when, um, this was the, the second Doctor. It was in series two, I'm going to say. The second where, Doctor. Sorry, the second new Doctor. 
Tenth Doctor. Come on. He, sorry, terrible. Um, they went back in time to the 60s and um, it was about like the advent of television and um, she played like a kind of watch with mother children's TV oh, presenter, Muffin the Mule sort of character. Yeah, but she was actually like an alien who'd invaded the TV and, and she right. sucked out their soul and she sucked off Rose's face Pardon? and all this kind of stuff. What did you say? Um, I, 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 I pretty much enjoyed that episode, uh, partly because I at that point, knew Maureen Lippman from having been in Coronation Street before because not only has she played um, Evelyn Plummer, she was also um, Lillian Spencer in 2002. And I'm always surprised when I remind myself that it was only six episodes that she played that character in. But uh, back then, Julie Goodyear, who played Bette, was brought back into the show. Um, Very well reported that Julie um, had to quit after... (laughs) Barely any time at all. She wasn't able to keep up with the new schedule. She wasn't into it. So Coronation Street showrunners were left with a gaping hole in their storylines. Enter Lillian Spencer, the toffee-nosed... Um, uh, bum. No, what is she? She's a landlady. I can't yes, remember. She, she, she's been in some fancy hotel or something. And it was a, apparently a friend of Fred Elliott's who he brought in to look after the Rovers. Um, ended up barring half the, the customers... Um, didn't go down very well at all with the regulars, but um, big hit with the viewers. It certainly with me anyway. But yeah, after six episodes, um, she she was off, and then Coronation Street managed to get get their act together and sort out this mess that Julie Goodyear's departure had left them in. But yeah, I was I loved that role. I remember being absolutely gutted when the character left after only a short while. Um, but was really pleased to see her on that Doctor Who episode. But I never thought I would see her again on Coronation Street. Now, she has also got another quite important link to Corrie in that her late husband, Jack Rosenthal, wrote 130 episodes of the show. Um, and this started way back in 1961. So we've been we've been watching some of the 1961 episodes recently, haven't we? Yeah. And Jack wrote episodes from 1961 to 1969. So we've we've seen some of the ones that he's that he um that yeah. he penned. Uh, he was also a producer of Coronation Street for about six months in 1967. Didn't get on with it, um, but he went on to be a really prolific writer for stage and screen and got a CBE in 1994. So they're they're a pretty you know pretty important. Power couple. Power, yeah, they're, they're, I'm sure they would never have described themselves as that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, big, big, big names um, in the, in the uh, television world, television yeah. world exactly, yes. Blah, blah, blah. So, sorry, <laughs> you, you, you talk if you want to then. <laughs> no, I'm just, just been tapping you on your phone. No, I've been looking up Maureen Littman, just I forgot who she was. <laughs> you were, I just saw you were on the Carry On Columbus Wikipedia page. It was the page. final entry and I think they hadn't done another one since... Uh, it's like the the one before that was Carrie on Emmanuel in 1978. Oh, really? So that so was like was... a comeback, was it? Well, okay, okay. They came and went, didn't yeah. they? So um, the the casting of Maureen Lippman in Coronation Street as Evelyn was announced on the 2nd of August 2018. Um, and the press release went thusly. Outspoken battle axe Evelyn will soon be ruling the roost at number nine, much to Fizz's dismay, and it isn't long before she starts to ruffle a few feathers on the street. Um, and Ian McLeod at the time, this is how this is how long Ian McLeod has been producer. So Ian McLeod said she's a great new character. Um, and he's pleased that she would be played by someone of Maureen's pedigree. He said, Evelyn is eye-wateringly withering and will add a fresh dollop of northern humour to the show as she turns Tyrone and Fizz's lives upside down. Uh, how, what do you reckon to that? Did, did, the, uh, 
Is that she lived up to their lofty expectations there? Definitely. Definitely a great new character. Withering, yes. And um, has, has Northern, certainly, yes. certainly turned the, uh, the lives of number nine residents upside down. Humor, Obviously, yes. the announcement of her. Yep, yes. Thank you. Uh, anything else? I was making jokes. Sorry, I didn't want to. No, no, you carry on. Step you ca- on your shoes. <laughs> I'm wearing slippers. It's fine. That's nice and soft. Um, the announcement of uh, Maureen's Lippmann's Maureen Lippmann's casting on Coronation Street was also um, alongside the news that they were tearing up the family history of Tyrone Dobbs. So although I was quite excited and very very intrigued to see what it'd be like to have Maureen back in a regular role on Coronation Street, it was also tinged with a bit of annoyance that um, everything that we had so far up to that point come to know about Tyrone's history with Jackie Dobbs and everything would be just completely thrown to the dogs. But I've, gr- I've grown to accept it now, at least. That's part of life, isn't it? Accepting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we're going to have a little run through of her stories that she's been up to the last five years, have a little bit of a chat about it. I'm sure that Blanche and some of the other big battle axes will come up as part of this. I wanted to also mention as well the whole thing about the pronunciation of her name, because that was, that was something that... It was in the first, in their early episodes, wasn't it? And people were some people were calling her Evelyn. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I, you can talk and say things if you want. You tell me if I don't talk, and you tell me if I do talk. No, but when I kind of say, no, I'm saying something to you. You can. You can. It, it was a thing in the uh, in the early episodes when people would call her Evelyn, and she would snap back that she was Evelyn. And I remember wanting that to be a bit of a running joke for her, but it never really went anywhere after the first few weeks. Although I'm sure. I can't remember who it was, but a couple of weeks ago, somebody did refer to her or call her Evelyn. Do you remember? No. It, I can't... I, it, it, it wouldn't have been Tyrone, but, you know, something like Ardy or somebody called her Evelyn. I, I still don't understand. I, I can understand with characters like Ardy that you might get that, you know, there's Addy and Ardy and, and all they don't that. have a agreed... There are quite a few characters on the show at the moment who do not have an agreed upon... Way to say that. So sometimes it's if it's a name that's you know not not of, of English descent, but uh, Evelyn, you know, as British as I come, you you can have Evelyn and you can have Evelyn. So I I don't understand why people don't know which one it is. But anyway, she is definitely Evelyn, and I'm gonna absolutely pass over to you, Gemma. Tell us a little bit about Evelyn's history. So this is the this is everything that we have learnt about her since. What did she get up to before coming into the show? So is, this is all true? This is all true now. It's not her story that she made up. This is... This is stuff that has been in the show. Maybe canon, maybe not. Definite, until, definitely canon until the they decide that they want to retcon this as well. So you want to do everything that she did? She, yes. Right. So in 1969, she romances Arthur. 1963. Three. Um, and she agreed to move to Canada with him, but then she misses the boat when her dad has a heart attack and Arthur thinks she he's been stood up and so they uh, never speak again until... This this is the, I think the earliest that we know of Evelyn. I don't know whether I don't know whether she's talked about her childhood or, or her own parents or anything like that over the years, but we, we met um who was it that played him? Paul Copley. Paul Copley. Co- yeah, well, so there's another pronunciation. I can never remember whether it's Copley or Copley. But yeah, we know that she she was she had this relationship with him back in the early sixties. In the sixties, she gets engaged to it and marries Harold Plummer and has a child, Cassandra, around nineteen sixty six. In the eighties, uh, Cassie, Cassandra, the child, gets addicted to heroin, and in nineteen eighty two, 
um, Harold dies of a brain hemorrhage. Oh no. And uh, Cassie thinks she she's the cause. She runs away from home and she uh, is missing for six months and Evelyn finds her drugged up in Liverpool with a baby, Tyrone. which is Tyrone. And so Evelyn leaves the baby at the police station and she spends 18 months with Cassie trying to get her clean from drugs. And it seems like it works because um, in 1984, Cassie... Well, it works for a little bit, and then Cassie kind of gets back on the wagon again because her boyfriend is is a junkie, and she goes to live in South Africa, and Evelyn just decides to wash her hands of her and say that she's dead. Yeah, well, it's still I'm still not completely sure in my head about whether she believed that she was dead or whether she just couldn't be bothered to check or whether she yeah exactly it was better for her to thought think that she was dead and then she didn't have to do anything more about it. But Evelyn, from what we you know, what we've heard about that, that stage in the 80s, did everything that she could to try and get her kid clean again. She didn't want to leave Tyrone on the on the police station step, but I suppose knowing, you know, she's, she's known Cassie all this time, she's her flesh and blood, she she thinks this, this baby could have a better life somewhere else, but Cassie's not going to save herself, no one else is going to look after her, no one else is going to get her off drugs, so it's down to me. So it's quite, kind of noble... But I, uh, I think Tyrone's still smarting a little bit after, uh, after realizing that that's what she's done. Um, so we we first meet Evelyn in September of two thousand and eighteen, and this was um, at the tail end of a story where Tyrone had been doing a bit of investigation into his family tree. Um, Did he have a project at school? I, I think he was a bit too old for a project at school about family maybe, trees. Maybe he had one of those things where he wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, oh, I forgot to do that homework. <laughs> I was set it in 1998 and I've not done it. I should really rid my soul of this burden by doing it now. No, I think it was more to do with the fact that he discovers that is what he thought was his mum, Jackie is dead. Now we got a look this is a little bit of crossover because it was only a few months ago that we did Jackie Dobbs as a character profile as well, wasn't it? So go back and listen to that if you haven't done. But yeah, he finds out um after Jackie is dead that she ain't really his mum. Um he gets told that by the person who he thought was his dad, doesn't he? Darren. Yeah, Darren. Um so he's like left thinking my whole life has been a lie. Who is my mum? So it's Kind of natural that you might want to do a little bit of hunting down of your real kin. Imagine being Darren and like one day your your wife comes home and she's like, I found a baby. I'm keeping the baby. Don't tell him <laughs> that he's not my baby. And like, you know, for however many 30 odd years, he's like, honestly, I'm not getting involved. I think I can't remember whether the, the story was that they they were trying for a kid or they really wanted a baby or at least Jackie did or something. Um, free so, baby. Yeah, free baby. So Cassie um, is is away in in South um, uh, South Africa at this point, I think, uh, and Evelyn is on her own, and so she stays until she gets a knock on her door in September two thousand and eighteen by Fizz and Tyrone. And um, the first pictures that came out of Evelyn, because she, she, um, her house was filmed on location, wasn't it? Do you remember that they went to her door and she was there? She's dressed up quite differently in her first appearance. They really wanted to make her 
very classic retro Coronation Street tea. Because did she have a headscarf? She had like a pinny on, a little tabard, I think. It felt like they were trying to, yeah, give her a retro Corrie... Hilda Ogden-esque kind of look. Well, she's which... like a combination of her and Ina Sharples. Yeah, yeah. And that, that look hasn't really stuck with her. Um, but she's definitely got a distinctive jacket. Yeah. With that puffy, puffy sleeves with no... Um, cuffs yeah but I, I think that the idea of you know the, the the classic northern terrace living old lady busybody curtain twitcher sort of um identity that maybe they wanted to give um Evelyn in her early days that seemed to be dropped pretty quickly but she 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 doesn't want to know Tyrone and Fizz when when they come to the door she's very wary of them she's like got the door and the chain and everything but eventually she she lets them in vehemently trying to deny the fact that she has anything to do with them but eventually she um, accidentally slips up confirms his suspicions that she is indeed his nana Aww. Aww. I like how that she's he calls her his nana like where does that one go there's there's lots of names for your grandma right? like in, in your family it's nan yeah both of you both of your parents yeah. parents were your nans um whereas I have a, only have a new one of mine and she was my grandma but Nana kind of, it just kind of feels right for Tyrone. It's like a bit cosy and, and innocent, isn't it? Yeah. A bit babyish Nana. almost. Like it's like, it's not as bad as Nanny. You know, Nanny feels like a bit more middle class. Yeah. Nana, Nana does feel more northern. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know whether it is or not, but it, it feels to me, like, yeah, it feels like my, my Nana's somebody that's, um, it, it doesn't. It doesn't convey the the harshness that Evelyn's yeah. personality Jack actually is. Yeah, um, it, but it it also kind of gives me the idea that he wants to be looked after by this person. Nana's someone that's quite cozy, and Tyrone was was always desperate to have a big family because his own mother was so terrible. He he never fake really mother. knew his dad particularly well. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. His fake mum. So to have this this Nana around him, he he loved the idea. Um, so anyway, she's like, yep, okay, fine, it's true. Um, I am your grandma. Um, but her first version of the story that she tells him is that... that and was... this was true for a, a, the vast majority of the time she's been in the show? No, 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 this bit wasn't. No, no this this was used as true, wasn't it? No, no, only for a few months this bit oh. was, that it was Cassie who abandoned him. No, I mean that she's dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was Cassie was dead. Yeah, sorry. That that was that was true until very very recently. But she all she tells him that your mum abandoned you. Now she's dead. Um, she went to South Africa, died after a short illness. Don't come calling so, to me. Yeah, and and I don't want anything to do with you. So Tyrone and Fizz are sent away with fleas in their ears, thinking, well, what are we going to do now? But fortunately, and one might say coincidentally, no, possibly the very next day. I think it was. They get a knock on their own door because Evelyn's being evicted by the council um, after getting complaints about her from her neighbours. <laughs> yeah, done? basically. Well, I I think that the the early incarnation of Evelyn was a lot rougher and horrible. a bit more antisocial. She she had some good lines in her first episode, like when when she's there at the door with when um, well so when. Tyrone and Fizzer at, at her door. She says, I've got a cricket bat here with your name on it and the blood of a Jehovah's Witness. That's which funny. is funny. Um, and she she has... Um, uh, when, when she lets them into the house, she says, yeah, 
you're welcome to your privacy, but not my tin of change. Not, not, not that I've got a tin of change. I think that sometimes she does, she doesn't, the thing about Evelyn I find is that she doesn't like to show her true feelings very often. Sometimes she does slip up and say something that either she didn't want to reveal or something, you know, so, so like, like the, the fact that she had a tin of change, though, she didn't want to know that, but sometimes she'll, she'll accidentally say her feelings about something and then kind of stutter and then step back and correct herself That's because true. she doesn't want to, um, reveal. She doesn't want to reveal that she's actually got a heart, but she, she had some funny lines, but she was definitely, yeah, more of a, an Asbo gran, if you like, like you said, in the, in the first, in the early days, she even, well, I remember her doing the quiz. And just being annoying. Yeah, one of her first... Yeah, when she eventually... When she shows up on the street and, and Tyrone and Fizz let her into the home, one of her first ventures out um, to the pub, it's it's pub quiz, and she's there with... Is it Ken? Brian, maybe? I don't remember. And she's purposefully getting the answers wrong just well, to be an arse. trying to cheat as well, isn't she? I think there's a bit of cheating, but sometimes getting the answers wrong. Refusing she just want... to believe that she was wrong. Yeah. Heckling. And she, she, she was also... Um, a shoplifter back in the early days as well and I, I, I can't particularly imagine Evelyn being like that now what did no. she do? well she, she went to she went to Dev's and was trying to steal away some tins or something into her bag and she got caught doing that so I, I think that yeah I think that she was more from the wrong side of the tracks but maybe just the uh the good vibes of Coronation Street, of uh, all the people living there with absolutely no secrets or criminal records or anything morally, it's even slightly ambiguous about them, it's washed off on her and now she's More softened chill. a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, she spends the next, the, the, the last few months of 2018 earning herself a bit of a bad impression with the family and the neighbours um, like Roy straight away she got on the wrong side of because she was bringing her dog Cerberus who can't believe we haven't even mentioned him yet um, into the cafe well, um, I mean, what's her dog called now? Freddy I haven't seen him it's Roy, It's her and Roy's shared dog Freddy isn't it? Uh, well where but is he? Back, in, back for most of Evelyn's time on the show couldn't have Evelyn without Cerberus no. and that, I think that's that's often important to, for a character to have like either an iconic set or an iconic prop or an iconic costume or in this case um, an iconic pet. You've got to be quite special to have an iconic pet. You do. A few it, and far between these days. It did make it has made me wonder like how much effort went into planning and creating and designing and perfecting this character of Evelyn because it was Maureen Lippman compared to other characters. You know, did they no. want to make sure that they got it absolutely right? Because they, I guess, wanted Maureen to say, yeah, I'll, you know, this is something good to work with here. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick with this. Yeah, do you think they're like, give, make, give her a dog? She, she won't be able to say no. It's, it's like, I can, I can imagine when it, the, the time comes to renew Corrie contracts, quite a lot of the actors will go up into McLeod's office, and even though he is certainly no axe wielder, but they're there going, oh, am I going to get my contract renewed? Probably when it's time for Maureen Lippmann's contract to be renewed, it's Ian McLeod shaking yeah, in his boots, saying, oh, she's not going to leave, is she? Please stay, <laughs> forget you, Claire Sweeney. Yeah, so she, she has really kind of been, have loads heaped on her, um, right from the early days, to, to build her up and develop her as a character, and make her somebody that... Hopefully viewers would, would love and, and love to hate uh, and everything. And, and Cerberus was just another facet that um, went down with viewers very, very well because we are a nation of dog lovers. Um, so... Um, yes, yeah, so she, she says, oh, he's not... 
Brian's not written. Oh, not yeah. Father Christmas is Brian. Oh, yes. There was the story where... Wasn't it like... Didn't Brian get stuck up a chimney somewhere? I can't remember. He was, he was, being, the, he was being a Father Christmas at the Winter Wonderland or Frescoes or something, and, and Evelyn revealed to Ruby and Hope that he's not the real one. She's basically just a massive nuisance. She was very vindictive. She hated Fizz, didn't she? Yeah. She... she what, I, I can't remember what it was, but there was... Maybe it was just the fact that she was a another human being and Evelyn doesn't like to get on with or open up to any other human beings, but certainly she... she She's a bit jealousy, maybe. Not, 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 not a fan of of young Fiona when she first came into it. Um, another thing that she did, which um, really got um, Tyrone and Fizz's goat, was that she uh, found Vera's earrings underneath a bed. I think it was or in the attic. I can't remember in yeah. the early days, and and Tyrone found her modelling them. I don't. So that's that's probably looking back on it something that I think I can't see Evelyn today doing that. Because Evelyn's not one for for the 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 glitz, is she? She's she's not a mega jewelry makeup um, posh clothes wearer at all. Well, she she had a makeover from. Oh Alex yeah, she Claudia. did Claudia at that one time. That was when she was going out with um old uh, Arthur again. Yeah, and she did kind of like it, but. I don't imagine current Evelyn finding the you know Vera's earrings weren't the most. Um, well, they were fairly tacky, weren't they? They yeah. weren't the most subtle of um, <laughs> jewellery items. Um, but yeah, she Ty- Tyrone finds her doing that and he's like, oh, I don't... Don't do that. Don't yeah. touch various things. Um, e- Evelyn also um, managed to wind Fizz up by treating Hope and Ruby badly. Well, particularly Hope. Because this, this was, you know, by this stage already, Hope was a, a wild child and Evelyn had, was having none of that. And she thought that, you know, she came from the old school where... Few smacks with a cane would sort out a unruly child. Well, there's also the I don't think they really went into this, but obviously Evelyn is biologically related to Ruby, not Hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she, so she didn't. She showed a lot of favoritism towards the biological grandchild. Yeah, there was and, there was one. Know, Hope was also an arsonist. Yeah, so there was one scene where Evelyn makes Hope stand up against the wall for ages, I think, and and Fizz is like, "Oh, you can't discipline my child like that." But yeah, she really was not the most popular character, um, in, in number nine at that time. Um, eventually, though, Fizz listens to her, and this is when she takes um, her off to Birmingham to the PRU there to, to try and sort her out. Didn't sort work, her out. But it helped Jen McAlpine have a baby, at least, anyway. Mm. Um, <laughs> one of the, Hope uh, puts Cerberus on a train to Rochdale before she leaves to Birmingham as well, just to cause another bit of mayhem. And this is when we had the scene of Roy and Evelyn going out looking for, for Cerberus in the woody. <laughs> This was this was an early example of look at the great comedy that Maureen Lipman can do in this role and look what a great duo Evelyn and Roy make. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. I mean, Roy is such a curry um Icon. stalwart and for for anybody to put be put in regular scenes with Roy, that's gonna that's gonna up their profile massively. Not that Maureen Lipman needed a profile Upping, but they were able. These two very, very talented actors were able to get some, uh, have, and are still able to get some really, really, um, subtly nuanced and funny comedy scenes together. And this one where they're out in the woody and uh, 
policeman comes over and says, what are you two up to? And they get accused of talking and Roy's there. I can't remember what the lines are, but there's a few um, unintended double entendres from Roy that ends up getting the policeman um, very suspicious as to their reasoning for being out in a car first thing in the morning. Anyway, Tyrone eventually tracks down Cerberus and returns into Evelyn on Christmas Day in a joyous and heartwarming moment. Was it a montage? Was it a Christmas montage? No. Was it a Christmas miracle? No, yes. It was oh, a Christmas miracle. 2019, Gemma, what's gone on with, with Evelyn that year? So this is when we sort of learn about her her neighbour and friend yeah there's a lot James of, Woodgate there's a lot of mystery still surrounding Evelyn in the first few months she we kind of hear a little bit about Cassie and then it's like how she getting on with the neighbours but early 2019 is delving a little bit deeper into the character's history this character is a very weird character because he he kind of he got a back a lot more backstory than even some normal new characters get He's an old friend of hers. I think they were neighbours. Mm-hmm. He was in a wheelchair. He's 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 um, he has been confined to a wheelchair at a certain point. He wasn't always in a wheelchair. Is he? Is am I remembering right? Is he like about Tyrone's age? Maybe. Mm. His parents were killed in a car accident when he was sixteen, and so she has this kind of idea that she wants to keep an eye on him and make sure he's okay. And they have a very close relationship. And uh, they go on holiday together. And obviously this character has just been created in order to give Maureen Lippman an excuse as to why she's not in Coronation Street from <laughs> yeah. time to time. I think, you know, every now and then you, any characters might disappear off screen for a while. And sometimes it's not through the actor's choice. It's just because the writers haven't got anything to do with them. Sometimes, you know, they go off on maternity. Sometimes they'll have a holiday. But I think... Probably out of everybody on the cast, Maureen Littman is the one that's um, disappeared on the more mo- uh, on the most regular basis in her five years because she's like going off well, to do her theatre and... um, extracurricular activities. I don't imagine and, and... that she would be interested in doing Coronation Street. She wasn't allowed to do these. No, she's not things. the sort of person that you say no to. I imagine. I don't. I can't imagine saying that to her. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so this James he crops up every now and then. I don't know how he's the only neighbour who uh, likes her. Well, she's fairly unlikable. What were you going to say? I was, I was just going to say that I don't know whether we've seen much of James since that very first appearance. It feels like we got to know him in those early days and since then he's just been the off-screen bloke that's been talked about that Evelyn goes to visit every time that... Um, she needs to that Maureen Littman needs to uh, feels the urge to go and tread the board somewhere. You know, it's even just recently um, they were supposed to have been staying with him, her and Cassie, haven't they? But yeah, I don't, don't think we've seen. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't particularly that enthralled with him as a character. So no, I don't, I don't mind. Don't mind that he exists, but I'm glad that he wasn't brought into the show as a regular. I didn't. I didn't particularly get on with him, but he was important for revealing the truth about Tyrone's um, background, wasn't he? Yes. So Tyrone is suspicious of Evelyn and James and goes to see him. And this character, James, uh, mentions the truth that it was actually Evelyn who dumped Tyrone at the police station, not Cassie. Yeah, he didn't. He thought that Tyrone knew that and he just mentions it offhandedly. Like, why are you here? She dumped you at the police station. Take the hint. Yeah, those... In a very casual way like that. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. There was a big mystery around that time about oh, Evelyn knows something. What's what's her secret? And then this was the big reveal that she was the one that did the dumping. Which maybe now I don't know. Does that not particularly stand out as a, an especially jaw-dropping moment? Cassie dumping her as Evelyn. Oh, sorry, is Cassie dumping her as Evelyn dumping her. Tyrone. Maybe. Because it I means suppose. your your mum didn't abandon you after all. It was horrible Evelyn. Mm. And, and you've been lied to, which yeah. which Tyrone is still a bit, bit narked about. about, yeah. So Tyrone gets really upset and tells her, don't bother coming back when you come back from Europe, just stay away. But um, <laughs> she comes back a few weeks later. She's been in Parisian prison. Um, bit of a tongue twister for you there. Thanks. She refused, what's prison in French? Oh, uh, God, I can't uh, remember. You don't know. Prison. Prison. No. So she refused to pay her taxi fare and she got jumped, dumped in prison. Yeah, there's a scene where she, when she comes back, she comes in through the back door and she's got, I think she's got a headscarf on then and dark glasses. Like she's just, a criminal. Yeah, like sneaking criminal. in through the back door. As Tyrone was the one, he had to pay 700 euros to get her out. And so he says, you, you stay, you work at the garage to pay off your debt to me. So um, she... Then gets hired or offered a job at the corner shop because she spots a shoplifter. And he, uh, Dev says, look, you, you work here. You're so great at spotting people, <laughs> stealing things. I'm going to India for two months. That takes one to know one. With yeah, she, she, Ardy and Asher, so look after the shop. She worked at the garage for a couple of weeks. And this was so early in her time on the show, I was excited to see, well, what are they going to do with her? You know, when new characters come in, it's like, who are they going to be paired off with? Where are they going to live? Who are they going to work with? And um, it was kind of fun seeing her working at the garage for a bit. I think there was a story where she finds, she like finds a pair of knickers on the back of her of a seat and somebody's not going to pay for their MOT and she's like, well, look what I've found and he mm. kind of blackmails him into it, something like that. But she, it, it, it's funny because she's always given these customer-facing jobs when she is anything but the, the perfect saleswoman. Service. But that's what makes her a, the perfect character to put there, really. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. As a viewer. So Roy has got to rewire the cafe and he hires a cowboy builder. It's very shoddy work. It goes wrong again. So Roy moves into number nine. I don't know why he does that because he. Well, no, he's the the, the flat knee, the whole the yeah. whole place needs rewiring. Well, he moves in them with them. Yeah. And uh, Tyrone has been teasing Evelyn about fancying Roy, and she's not having any of it. And she accuses Roy of giving her smouldering looks <laughs> and accusing him of rearranging the things in the kitchen so that she has to bend over to get them so he can look at her bum. <laughs> And uh, she also goes on a rampage to try to get revenge on this builder, puts up uh, posters and say nobody should trust him, goes on the radio to, to moan about him. Yeah. Um, Dev comes back from India and fires Evelyn because he hears she's been using the shop as a base of operations for her gambling ring. She's been betting against Steve and Tim about Worthy County um, and she has been getting... She's been inside of trading. She has totally been inside of trading. Yeah, she's she, got... she. Tell you what, if it, if it was her and Debbie, or if it that, that had overheard these, oh yeah, Newton people at the moment, as of the time of recording in August twenty twenty three, even be like, yeah, buy those shares. Bye bye bye. 
Yeah. So, um, oh, this has just made me want. I want Evelyn and Debbie to go into business together. They'd be like be the most really crooked business. Good. Yeah, like these like, power business women up. going. Yeah. So many worth circles, baby. <laughs> like that. Do they ever have scenes together? I don't know. What happens if you cut so many corners? Get a circle. You have a circle of trust. Uh. We're both in it. <laughs> me and you, Evelyn. So anyway, um, she's getting all this information from James Bailey about the player's fitness, and she translates that into information uh, to boost her chances of getting good bets and uh, Dev Dev is not happy with this but when he sees that the profits were up while he was away he reinstates her and that's where she's worked ever since yeah 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 she's she's been you know permanently at the at the shop since then I can't remember who else was at the shop around that there's like Sophie Sophie Webster, had she recently Blimey. departed the shop? I can't really remember. No, I don't remember that. Um, but I, I, I also remember at the time when the idea was you know, put out there that Evelyn would be the new shop assistant. And some people like us were thinking, oh, that's going to be brilliant to have somebody so brusque as, as Evelyn being there, supposedly being nice to the customers. That's going to cre- create some great um, comedy moments. And other people saying, no, how could anybody so <laughs> who hates other human beings quite so much as there. Why would anybody employ her in that sort of role? Well, I, I think it's turned out pretty well, actually. Yeah, I think it's turned out well. I think we were right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, most most shops hire at least one person who's, who's terrible with <laughs> customers yeah. as a joke, don't they? Yeah. Make everyone else look good. So, <laughs> Bernie and Michael have a bit of a scam going on with Gemma and her wig that they're using it to oh, make yeah. fake pregnancy tests. And yeah, Bernie's collecting all of Gemma's pregnant... No, she doesn't. She collects the actual weed, doesn't yeah. she? And then they buy a load of pregnancy tests, dip it in them, and then they sell it on eBay, which is very entrepreneurial. But um, Evelyn finds out about it, doesn't she? And she, she gets hush money. Yeah. The way you said it, it's like they, Gemma and um, Bernie and Michael were taking pregnancy tests from Gemma, like, without the wee. It's like, Gemma's like, no. let me just check. Nope, still pregnant. Damn. <laughs> no, they buy they buy some blank ones. Is that yeah. what you call them? Blanky New blanks. ones, fresh ones, and um, yeah, yeah, disgusting. Yeah, bucket of wee. <laughs> she barricades herself into Bessie Street headmistress's office, try and get Hope reinstalled. Um, there was, Re-in- there was a, reinstalled. Reinstalled. She's <laughs> fitting in the classroom. Yeah, this. Tyrone forgot to to reinstall her. Yeah, Hope comes back from Birmingham expecting to then go back to Bessie Street, but Tyrone, he only had one job to do. Typical. Let's get assigned up to go back in. Men he don't forgets. do anything so, you tell them. Yeah, Evelyn <laughs> Evelyn barricades herself in. I think there was I think when she did they're talking to the headmistress, she also turns the waterworks on as well. Yeah, I mean it works, doesn't it? Yeah. For some reason. Fizz returns from Birmingham later in the year. And she brings Hope's favourite TA, Jade, with her. Mysterious. Evelyn does not trust Jade. Reckons that she's there because she fancies Tyrone. So she tries to make Jade go out with Michael. Yeah, well, Evelyn was was right to not trust Jade, although she was (coughs) quite far off the mark as to um, what it was about her that was quite so dodgy. What what the real reason was. Yeah. So 2020, of course, is the year of COVID. And that meant that anybody over, was it over the age of 70? Um, was was couldn't appear on Coronation Street. I don't Street. know what the cut-off point was, but a lot. It was it was the round about then. Yeah, so all, all vulnerable people who are could uh, 
have a bad time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was old and vulnerable. weren't able to and go young. on to Cory for a while. Yes. And everybody, hardly anyone was in it, it except well. the pair of seals in a bathtub. <laughs> um, so it did mean that between July and October 2020, we didn't have any Evelyn, and it was a real shame because 2020 was the year of her um, romance with Arthur story. So we'd been through a whole year at this point of Evelyn, and she, we'd found that she was very loyal to her family and she would defend them if they were under attack and she was suspicious of Jade and she um, she had she had softened quite a lot after her very prickly first impressions of her but what we didn't know really about Evelyn was what she was like as as a romantic partner so in comes Arthur who we mentioned earlier was her um, was her beau in when was it early 60s I think or was it early, even earlier than that? I can't remember. But he'd gone off to Canada. I don't remember. Five. It wasn't 69, like I said. No. Uh, he went off to Canada um, and she missed the plane. But he went off boat. thinking... What? Boat. Boat. Sorry, boat. He went off thinking that she had dumped him. But actually she hadn't. So they happened to bump into each other the at the vet's practice in early 2020. This is the sort of drama that used to happen when... Well, before mobile phones, kids. I know, I know. Um, so he's there with his dog, um, and they recognise each other. And she's, she, she gets a little that, that that little heart of her gets a flutter, and doesn't it? And again, she like we said earlier, she's the sort of person that absolutely does not have her heart on her sleeve, but she still does have emotions and feelings. So she kind of drops into the conversation. Oh yeah, I sometimes like to walk Cerberus round this sort of area, you know. Maybe, maybe Between we'll bump into each other. Thirty and nine o'clock on a weekday morning. Yeah, exactly. Um, and kind of hoping that he will take the hint and that they'll meet up, and he does. So they meet up in Victoria Gardens, and this is when he learns the truth about why she didn't come to Canada with him, oh. and she just missed the boat slash plane. Um, we also maybe it was one of those seaplanes. Maybe we also learn that he's moved back to Weatherfield at this point, so he's uh, he's old, free, and single, just like Evelyn. <laughs> old, free, and single. That sounds like that. Oh God, that sounds like a British comedy film starring Sean Bean, funded by the National Lottery. <laughs> It'd have all all of the greats, wouldn't it? You know, with a uh, Judy Dench and um... yes, and yeah, and is uh... is that is that. Oh, I'm thinking Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren be in it, yeah, and they'd all be competing. Maggie, Maggie Jones. For the, the hand of Patrick Stewart or yeah. something. <laughs> anyway, so... They, they, write it, write it, we want a cup. Those two are friends at this point. Um, there's also a couple of... We, we get an idea about Evelyn's more militant side in 2020 because um, there's a protest at uh, the town hall with Mary, Nina and Toya when they're, uh, when they're having a go at the council for them refusing to set a zero carbon target. Evelyn joins in with them in that and gets herself arrested. Not very sexy, is it? No. It's not like saving a newt or... Is that, a, is that the sexy thing to do, save newts? Well, it's, it's something you can... Let's tie yourself to railing. Some people might find incredibly sexy. Zero t- carbon targets. Like... <laughs> no. Anyway... Tyrone. It's not exactly a flirty protest, is it? Tyrone, who has, remember, already turfed, um, I don't even know what I was trying to say there, who's already teased Evelyn for fancying Roy, now turns his, um, his, his, his sights on Arthur and is like, ah, you're going to you and Arthur. You kind of really kind of just, just gentle ribbing, not in a mean way, but um, Evelyn's saying, nope, nope, we're not dating, we're not, we're not. 
We're not friends. We're, we're just friends, sorry. This, this is when we saw... Um, the makeover. The, the makeover scene that you mentioned earlier, that's right, where Claudia... Oh, I, I wish that they'd been able to share more scenes together because... Um, gosh, who, play, who was it? That play, Arula Lenska and Maureen Lippman, they shared a flat together in Media City, they didn't did. they? And then they were both on the show together. And, and you know, speak about lovies, both of the pair of them together, they were brilliant. Can you just imagine what that flat but looked we like? But we just, oh gosh, Just yeah. full of, like, precious... Dripping with gold. Gold everywhere and, and silks and, like, exotic... Um, Chinese vases on ornately carved <laughs> wooden tables. I imagine they had like a champagne fridge like Patsy's and absolutely fabulous as well. Yeah, probably like, yes, darling, that's a champagne fridge, but we don't put Prosecco in it. Mm. Where do we put Prosecco? So Straight the... in the recycling. <laughs> so, the, yeah, they had that great scene where Claudia does her up and Evelyn's like, oh, how dare you? You made me look like a chihuahua in a wind tunnel. But she, she secretly likes it. She secretly it. likes it. And uh, the, the, I, I just, I love, I love the actors on Corrie who can give these really subtle little looks. And, and after Evelyn slings Claudia out, she's there kind of looking at herself Admiring, in the mirror. Admiring, She just does this, this slightest of, <sighs> of smiles to show yeah, they're I do so like, good, aren't sexy, they? It make, they make it look so easy. I know, I know. Anyway, um, so they carry on not dating, in inverted commas, and that leads to a caravanning trip later in the year. I think this is probably the post-Covid now. I mean, to be fair, caravanning can be quite unromantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's in the caravan, he's in a tent, because, you know, no hanky-panky or anything. Um, but she insists on going home after a day, saying that she had a hole in her mattress. And I think that maybe she just gets a little bit like, oh, I don't want to, you know, over, getting a bit too close here. I don't want to get too, yeah, I don't want to get... let him into my heart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but she eventually realises that she could be missing out on a chance to be happy and she rearranges the trip, this time making it a whole week long. But unfortunately for her, Arthur at this time is the one who gets scared off by the idea. Or does he? Something well, else is going on with Arthur. He does have a he has a dark secret, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Uh, turns out he's he's still married. Toya. Yeah, Toya sees him in the neurology department in the hospital one day. This leads Evelyn to believe that he's secretly ill and he's been keeping his tragic secret from her. But no, it's another type of soap revelation that we've got here. He's actually married. His wife, Beryl, is there. She suffered a stroke four years ago and has since been in a completely vegetative state. She's unresponsive, but he is a, um, you he's know... Not... He's a dutiful husband and he's not going to... You know, he, he keeps on visiting her and he finds it very difficult to... Um, to you know, go along with the idea that he could have other women in his life. It, it was very much, it reminded us of the time of the um, the Kershaw story, didn't it? Where Eileen's dating Paul. Paul. Yeah, and, and he's got his wife who's got Alzheimer's. And Eileen's early like, you, I yeah, early onset Alzheimer's. And he's like, I can't, I can't go out with you if you're married. And he's like, no, she's, she's not my wife. She's not the woman I married anymore. Um, difficult, very difficult. See, this is where the twist would come mm. in my movie. Yeah. Old, free and single, because he's not, is he? No, he's not. This this is writes itself. <laughs> well, it's already been written and it's been on Coronation Street. Are you saying that when this you steal, when you Street. pick a plot wholesale completely out of some other piece of fiction, it's not writing it yourself? Yeah, you can't just make a film out of a Coronation Street plot, unfortunately. That's not fair. Anyway, Evelyn's livid at him because she'd been led to believe that he was a widower and she says, right, don't want to see you ever again, we're over. Don't want to see you yeah. again. And then, so, I just, I, you know. What? 2020, there were lots of things, you know, 
what, there, are, there are many what ifs in all of all forms of entertainment and Corey had to put everything on hold for a while and they had to have the oldies not come in the show so I can only imagine what might have been with um, this couple's romance but I, I, I guess that Paul yeah. had a one year contract on Was the this... show and he only wanted it to be one year but it just felt at the end of it like, oh, he just didn't get enough of them because by the beginning of 2021, he was out again. Yeah, Paul Paul Cope, Copley, Copley, he's been in lots of things. Yeah. What was he at? What was... Downton. He was the Downton farmer. Downton Abbey. He was, yeah, he was the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a sweet relationship. Um, yeah, he strikes me as the sort of guy who's like, yeah, I'll do it for a year and then I'm off. But, but he did, it did so all this well. stuff happen before or after COVID? The, the bit with Beryl was after COVID. Okay. Right, so um, in 2021, um, Maureen... This is when we had lockdown two. Lippmann was absent from February to May because of COVID. And so we see Evelyn, when she returns to our school... No, no, this was before. Before she goes, as, I, as I've said... Of course you know. I know all of this because I've extensively researched and I also watched it at the time. You're not just reading the notes off and making it into a podcast as you go, are you? No. That would be irresponsible. <laughs> Evelyn C discovers that Beryl's died when he comes out of the florists with a bunch of flowers that are like ding dong, the witch is dead, which is a really long floral tribute that they don't normally do because it costs a lot of money. Well, she thinks that the flowers are for her, but he's actually putting them on her grave. So that's a bit awkward moment. Poor Beryl. But it got them talking again. Yeah, she apologises to him and he says, um, I'm going back to Canada actually because it's actually cool and I want to go to the Great Redwood Forest and drink maple syrup directly got to from, do both of those all the many, the trunk. many years I've been living there all this time. Um, I also, I know that we have, now we have Tim Hortons here, but it's not the same. <laughs> um, he, he says, why don't you come with me and in, experience the joy of Timbits? <laughs> and she's like, We've, I've got Tim here. I've got Tim right in the <laughs> Oh, that was so sad. It was like, really sad. It was like. They were really great couple. They, they worked were. so well together. They were. And I know, you know, the tiny bit of me was saying, Yes, Evelyn, go with him. Please. Because be I, free by this time, happy. I was such an Evelyn fan. But I, I don't I don't want her to go. I, I I, and it, even now, you know, like I was saying earlier, is. is, is and the producer's worried that she's just going to say, I've had enough of that. She's one that, for me, every year when I'm doing my predictions about what's going to happen in this year, I think, oh, is this going to be the year that, that Maureen Lippman leaves? I can't believe she's still here five years I later. I love her. I want and her to stay forever. You know, from, you know she's, not, she's not going to say in any interviews, like, yeah, I'm going to go soon. But she doesn't seem, honestly, to have any particular desires to leave the show. She seems pretty happy to be settled here. Well, um, I mean, she's like we said before, she, she, her, her first husband... Um, was incredibly involved in Coronation mm. Street. So you could say that um, it's kind of part of her life. Mm. And um, and she was in it before. I mean, I, you don't want to speculate, but... I can't remember whether I've got this written down at the bottom of the notes later. You're or eating whether. an ice cube I'm eating an ice cube at the same time. She says that, like, when she got the job on Coronation Street, like... Which one? There was a, this one. I think there was like a picture of him and at the oh, time when yeah. she was getting the call or something. I can't remember. We'll, we'll bring it up what? later if it, if I it comes up. I love her so much. But I think it is almost, yeah, it's almost like a, it was fate. I'm destined to be on this programme and great. Anyway, so Arthur's gone. Arthur's gone. Evelyn's left alone. She's just been well, able to says, open her heart to someone. I belong in Weatherfield now. I'm not going with you. Mm. Um, she she then um, goes on holiday again. <laughs> this must have been yeah, for COVID. To get him out of her system. With, uh, with old James. And when she comes back, 
Tyrone has est the bed. He did est the bed, didn't he? He has left Fizz for Alina and, you know, no, never Fizz's biggest fan was um, Evelyn, but she understands right is right, wrong is wrong, and, and Tyrone is a dirty dog. I thought this was it was a great bit of character development to show how much she has moved on from her initial misgivings about Fizz. Yeah, she can't. She she's not blindly. You know, you said you said before she's loyal. She's not blindly supportive of everything that everyone in her family does, and it would have been a mistake really to sub to have supported Tyrone in this because it was clearly a bad idea for <laughs> for him to ever think that he and Alina could have made a go of it so Evelyn immediately takes Fizz's side and she um but but she's also very instrumental in mediating this couple making sure they stay on speaking terms for the girl's sake and makes uh tries to make Fizz go easier on him because Fizz get tries to get quite vengeful she yeah she's initially very vindictive as you might be and Evelyn's like no we need to keep you on good terms be civil here because you're family and well, also, no Bob probably like you know. I, this won't I think last that, forever. Exactly. You can scoop him up on the rebound, <laughs> and then bugger off to Norwich. <laughs> why not? Norwich, yeah. Why not? She slips on some salad dressing at the shop, and she hurts her ankle and tries to sue Dev for criminal negligence. But I didn't like this story. Bernie, Bernie, she was Bernie dating Dev at this point. I think I or think she just possibly there. I, can't I can't remember the the ins and the outs She's of Debbie's romantic history, but yeah, she this injury. Yeah, she she has Bernie as a slave, doesn't she, for a bit, so that she doesn't sue Dev and she gets caught out. In a way, it kind of fits with her character because she was, especially in her early years, which this wasn't. She was a tea leaf. She was quite sneaky and devious, um, and she. Wouldn't she? She was the sort that would lie and make things up for her own gain. But I think by the time we'd reached, you know, mid twenty twenty one, when this was, she, in my head, she'd kind of moved away from that, and she was more of a wholesome character. And it didn't quite feel right that that she would be taking Dev for a ride here. It was kind of funny, but well, yeah, she's I, I just naughty, isn't she? She she gets caught out. Dev sees her taking her washing in, and yeah. so he's not happy to carry on. And she gets kind of taken to task a bit, and has to give it up. Um, now, Hope accidentally sets Alina's house on fire, and Alina uh, has a miscarriage. And complete, you know, coincidental. It, it didn't it, cause the miscarriage. She's and and Alina's a bit annoyed because it turns out everyone was like, "Oh yeah." Hope does that every now and then. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Alina didn't know that Hope was an arsonist, did she? <laughs> I can't believe we've mentioned Alina a few times we haven't even done a voice yet. I don't know. I'm not the one that does her no, voice. Um, well, I'm not going to do it because it's a sad situation. So Evelyn makes Fizz see that Hope needs to face the consequences of her action. And she uh, gets given a youth rehabilitation order. And uh, now she doesn't set anything on fire. I, I can only wonder, like, what Hope would be like if Evelyn hadn't been around for the past five years. Because, you know, I love Fizz to bits, but she's definitely a, a very missive. permissive mother, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, she'll go, oh no, it's not her fault. She, it's not her fault she's very, she she, she's she's very slow to believe that her daughter would ever do anything wrong. And she's like, oh, she's just a little girl. You know, so so but luckily Evelyn has been there to say, No, she is just a little girl, but she needs she needs to have consequences for her actions. <laughs> I think possibly it's also 
Um, I can't remember, like, Fizz's upbringing. I don't know whether Scylla was particularly harsh on her or whether it was more a case of she just didn't have anything to do with her at all. But Fizz wants to show her daughter love in the same way that she wasn't shown love. And Evelyn's yes, kind of like, you can show love by... Tough love. Yeah. With a, with e- Evelyn is absolutely a tough love kind of woman. Well, everything that Evelyn does... You know, well, not everything, but quite a lot of things she does with her family is kind of f- for the best. Like, not, you know, she's not supporting Tyrone when she, you know, it would be quite easy to take his side, but she's trying to support Fizz because she can see that there might be a chance they could get back together and mm. um, everybody's taking sides and not going to work out. She's She doesn't let Hope get away with, with things. and Yeah. And she's quite happy to be the bad guy. If she has to be. Yes, if, yeah. If it for, for the For the greater good. In 2022, <laughs> 2022, this is when Phil with two L's appears on the scene. And, and Mimi. Uh, yeah, and, 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 me, and, and Coco. Mimi, Mimi. Um, so, I think, I think Phil had actually shown up in late 2021, but it was, I think it was early 2022 that things sort of started moving quite quickly for the two of them and they with got Fizz engaged and, with, Fizz and Phil. with Fizz and Phil. And and Evelyn thinks that actually this Phil's a nice bloke. Yes, she liked the I she liked the idea of Tyrone and Fizz getting together, but she, she could see that she Phil see was that rich. Phil was yeah, had and a nice big house. He lives in, in Cardiff. <laughs> um but yeah, she she so she's quite supportive of that relationship, but she doesn't get on with Mimi, uh, Phil's mum. And um, Mimi had been in at the previous Christmas, hadn't she? Which was round about when Phil's birthday was. And I think for whatever reason, Evelyn wasn't in the show at that time. She was off doing her Thespian act again, and um, it was a real missed opportunity that we didn't get a chance to see these two battle axes locking horns. But that all changed in in mid twenty twenty two when Mimi shows up again, ready for the wedding, and they had some brilliant scenes together. Oh, um, they did, yeah, because they did ended up doing karaoke. They did, they 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 did end up singing "I Knew Him So Well" at the karaoke <sighs> after um, Fizz and Phil's Magnificent. wedding. There was. Also, there was something like um, Mimi accused Cerberus of tripping her up. Oh, when she ended time. up bedridden. Yeah, something like that. It it was it was, was great great stuff. Um, anyway, because the thing so... is about Mimi is that she was this exactly the sort of person that Evelyn just dislikes on principle. Very frivolous, over the top, middle class. Yeah, probably not northern. Mm. I can't remember. I think I assume Mimi was. I can't mm-hmm. remember where she was from. She just had a posh voice, didn't she? No anyway, posh up north, wedding there? takes place. Phil and um, Fizz tie the knot, but actually at the um, wedding, the wedding reception, Fizz realizes that she's made a mistake. Goes back to Tyrone. Evelyn finds this out and kind of put your time in. Helps love. engineer them back together again. Just think about this, right? She should Fizz should have put her time in. Get at least a year. Mm. She could have spent. She timed it properly. She could have spent part of that year in Norwich, couldn't she? She could. Yeah. Milking Phil for all he's worth. <laughs> get divorced after a year. Take half the yeah Welsh property. This reminds me, and you know, we haven't have I've purposely not wanted to mention Blanche yet because the comparisons will surely be drawn. Maybe that's something to talk about later on uh, this episode. But this does remind me a little bit of Blanche engineering and playing Cupid a little bit with Deirdre and Ken. In the um, when she came back in 1999, but she wasn't always completely on Deirdre's side. She would say to Ken, "Oh yeah, you know what Deirdre's like. Yeah, she can true. be. She'd be a difficult one." And so yeah. anyway, 
I mean, that's my biggest regret in life, not having children. I can't meddle. <laughs> yeah. I'd be a class got no one a to meddle with, would you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so um, there, there's a story um, a bit later on last year where she tries out oh, for the yes. Weatherfield Dramatic Society's production of Roxana, but Your doesn't get the part. Which mileage may got. vary on... Um, yes. And this one. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it was funny. I, I, I thought it was. Recall. I thought it was quite funny, but I know lots of people. There didn't were lots get on with of spats, weren't there, about this? Yes, there were. Um, and then also that uh, late that year, we have Evelyn volunteering at the charity shop, the Gregory Pope Foundation. Uh, but she gets fed up with the woman who's running it. I remember. I can't remember what she was doing, so but I, I've bat. got a vivid remem- memory of Evelyn holding a cricket bat, yeah. looking like and brandishing it like she's going to go and whack this woman and who's uh, in the stock room. And then she's like, no, puts it down and decides to go off on another extended stay with James. And How... this was her going off to play um, to do a one-woman play, Rose, in the Hope Mill Theatre in Theatre in Manchester and uh, in, in London as well. Um, isn't it interesting that the Gregory Pope Foundation charity shop had more scenes bef- before it moved to the, the precinct? Yeah, we have. I was totally expecting to see a lot of Gregory Pope shop scenes when they moved to the well, precinct. It's, be- it's because it was, it was actually it was filmed, filmed in a charity shop, filmed wasn't it? a charity it? shop, but um, they haven't got a set for it, but no. they've got an exterior now. Yeah, they've got Very an exterior, weird. but not a set interior. And what they what they either have to do is build a set that looks identical to the charity no shop or wait long enough that nobody remembers or cares about what the charity shop looked like and then do it then well, but it's it's honestly it's rife for opportunity for charity shop's brilliant yeah i can't remember i i lose track of who's working there like do Roy and Evelyn and Nina maybe volunteer there sometimes I now so. i don't know but there are so it's perfect opportunity for some great comedy scenes and they've not gone there yet. There's and so when, much you could do with a charity shop. Yeah, when they built the, the precinct earlier this year, when they opened it earlier this year, we were asking people, so are we going we gonna to see more of the charity shop? And everyone was very like, oh yeah, maybe. Well, yes, we'll get it eventually. Yeah, non-committal about it. But I, I hope that it happens some Well, there's so many time. great things you can have, you know. You, get, um, you can have people dropping crap off, people buying each other's stuff. There was, there was, we still, what happened with Haley's coat? I forgot. Yes, Mean happens to find it oh, in the yeah, end. Oh yeah, that's right. Because Evelyn yeah, got, Evelyn got involved in that story, didn't she? Because all, it was around this time that the, the romance between her and Roy started to flicker. Right. Um, and, and, and Evelyn seems to be developing feelings for Roy, but because of what Evelyn's like, she's not really wanting to, to commit, commit and, and outright say it. Roy's obviously not going to say his true feelings about anything like that or even want mm. to admit to himself if he does have any feelings for Evelyn but yeah hey oh. Eve, it wasn't Evelyn the one that was responsible for the coat going missing I can't remember somebody uh, was or was of, it Nina? Nina it was a load of boxes and she yeah ships them out so he, Evelyn Evelyn tries to help find this coat but in the end earlier this year in fact it was Yasmin that that, that solved true. it and it was like oh well that's that I can see, I don't know where they're going with this uh, romance triangle, love, what's it called? Love triangle. Yeah, (laughs) romance triangle. Sorry, I forgot. (laughs) Um, Between Evelyn, Roy and uh, Yasmin, because obviously Stu's now got his nose out of joint and Yasmin's trying to make it I don't know where they're going, but I know the speed they're going at and it's glacial. Yeah, Uh, watch out Titanic. (laughs) Um, I think there could be some great scenes with Roy... Evelyn and Yasmin all volunteering at Gregory Pope at the same time. All the passive-aggressive comments mm. between 
um, Yasmin and uh, and Evelyn and Roy just not picking up on any tension. Yeah. Every now and then this year, they've kind of teased us with that story, but they seem to be, at the moment, leaning more towards Yasmin and, and Stu with the whole Eliza's parents and everything story. And I, I, I'm really... I couldn't be much less interested in that, but the is Evelyn, the Evelyn Roy Yasmine love triangle like that has got a lot more mileage in it. I don't want Roy and Yasmine to. End I don't up want together. any of them to end up together. I'd rather have Evelyn and Yasmine run off together. To be honest, I don't know. I, I I go back and forth about whether I would like Evelyn and Roy to be a couple. And it was the same when Roy started dating Kathy and was yeah. getting married to but her. I was and very into that. We were we were both into that. I think I think a lot of people weren't. And yeah. even, even then, that was only what two out. or three years after Haley had died. I mean, it's it's ten years now since Haley's been no longer with us. I and don't think everybody needs to have a partner. They do, they don't they don't. But equally, to say well this guy's got to be celibate for the rest of no, his but life you, but because we all, because Roy and Haley were such a classic couple. We all couple. Roy and Hayley so much. Yeah. But you can say, you know, he had one great love and that was it. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, and of course. And there are people like that. Your granddad was like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I just think that David Nielsen and Maureen Lippman do shine together so much in scenes. But I'd rather have them as friends. I just can't see them romantically. And it's not because I've got some kind of ageist... Um, what was the word? Uh, prejudice against old people being in relationships because I loved her and Arthur. Mm. I would, I'd prefer her I don't and Arthur. Lose, I don't want to lose a friendship. I just love it when, when they're very difficult to come by. I love, I love it when Maureen sort of opens up a little bit and shows a little bit of vulnerability, of tenderness and vulnerability. Exactly, and like when she, we haven't even got to twenty twenty three yet, but there was a bit yeah, earlier this. There this year where she like puts her hand on Roy's hand and like, oh. <laughs> anyway that that was basically it I mean she she's gone off to, to Maureen Lippman's off on a play again for the end of 2022 but what we have since come to know about where the character was is that she has got in contact with Cassandra Cassie her daughter again who has um, recently moved to Bristol junkie again addicted to Pregablin <laughs> I don't um, know how you say this. Pregabar. Uh, doesn't matter. Evelyn ends up helping to get her clean, returns to Weatherfield on Christmas Day for Fizz and Tyrone's yeah. wedding, but she keeps what she's been up to a secret. Well, it's a bit of a bummer, isn't it, to turn up at someone's wedding on Christmas Day and be like, sorry, I've been yes. dealing with a drug addict. Yeah, she's decided not to tell Tyrone about this because she thinks it's for his own good that he doesn't get in touch with his birth mum. Well, there's a lot of complicated... A lot of complicated uh, feelings between Cassie and Evelyn, which I absolutely adore. Yeah. How grey. So currently in the middle of her loving it. Absolutely loving it. So in 2023, um, Evelyn was worrying <laughs> that Tyrone's got a secret lover on the side because he has made a secret assignation to the hotel. To a hotel. So she goes with Roy, I think, to yeah. spy on him. And it turns out that he's meeting up with this blonde who secretly fizz in disguise. Yeah, that was um, I can't, wasn't like Tyrone talking about getting friendly with somebody at the community centre or play group or or something. I can't remember. And Evelyn suspects that he's dating her, but it turns out that it's 
<laughs> it's just some sexy role play with first. That was a great scene. It was, it was in the first few weeks of the year, I think. Yeah. Seeing Jennifer Calpine in this bleached blonde wig and uh, being caught in their in their sexy act. It was brilliant. And, um, <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're just trying to spice things up a bit. And even says, if I want spice, I'll have a chicken Danzac. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, Evelyn gets disappointed when Ray... Uh, <laughs> Ray... Ray's Crosby, not in it anymore. Um, he doesn't turn up for her 77th birthday party because he's rescuing Carla from a flat fire, but she doesn't know that at the time. Hang on a minute, 77? I thought, I thought it's not 77th. I think it's 73rd. Am I thinking of someone else? Doesn't matter. Her birthday. It's her birthday. Yeah. Cerberus falls ill. He gets diagnosed with kidney oh my God. failure. One of the saddest re- episodes in recent memory. We're all we're all such black-hearted evil creatures that we can only be moved by a dog dying. This this really was one of the most moving scenes in Coronation Street yep. that it's had for years and years. It's because it's Evelyn be- is such a prickly customer. Mm. And, um, yeah. Yes, Cerberus was very rarely not by her side for all of these stories that we've just talked about but uh, he we, we haven't mentioned him because there were there weren't really any Cerberus stories didn't have a storyline story of his I've heard that's why he quit mm. um, but you, you knew that Evelyn did have great affection for this well, dog well the thing is about this dog is that she could love him unconditionally and he loved her and there was nothing between them that was going to spoil anything, you know. With Cassie, they both let each other down at various points. You can see you can see where this comes from. At the time, we didn't know about her relationship with Cassie. But the fact that Evelyn was watching her daughter, you know, struggle with drug addiction again after she thought she'd helped her and this darkness that her life just seems cursed by. The fact that she had this dog, this kind of pure, precious... Um, innocent soul who loved her no matter what and then she has to say goodbye to him yeah that that makes it even more sad in retrospect and it's sad anyway when your dog dies and you know when you get a dog or a pet that that one day you'll say goodbye to them mm. i think it, hard... i think it literally is the the saddest it's animal uni- death it's universal... on coronation street i mean people remember yeah. chesney Schmeichel. and schmeichel dying. i think that was sad as that, well though. That, that was really sad because we have you know, seen chesney with with tyra with with schmeichel ever since he was a pup but even though we'd have Chesney left... was a pup. <laughs> well, he was a bit of a mucky pup, wasn't he? Was, yeah. Um, but yeah, even though we'd only known Evelyn with Cerberus for a shorter oh, amount yeah. of time, um, because Maureen Lippman was such a brilliant actress, well, yeah, I think the that she the, the performance that she gave was just phenomenal. Well, she saying goodbye to you know her Prince of Weatherfield, oh. I think she says, and she's there when. She's like, oh, because Tyrone, he kind of chickens out, doesn't he? He's like, oh, man, I can't be it. here. But he, he gives a few sweet lines like, oh, go and go go and find Monica for me. And Evelyn Aww. says to Cerberus, don't go after that Monica. I hear that she's a right... Flea written. I can't remember what she said. said. I thought she's a, she's a right crazy dog. Um, but yeah, it was it was so, so sad. And um, I think I think universally <laughs> that was a, a, a much loved... Um, highly regarded scene and, and tears were shed nationwide I can though. imagine when when's the Soap Awards Soap Awards June June so next year I can't remember when this was the, this was I'm going to say like February March yeah, yeah, time so it's not going to have any Soap Awards but no, you just no. imagine um, how they do the awards is so funny because they'll be like uh, best storyline um, Lola's cancer death <laughs> woo yay and her like coughing and dying on a pillow 
uh, Cerberus dies in, in a veterinary hospital. Yay! I don't know whether... I don't know whether an animal's death has ever been nominated for a best soap exit, but... Why not? You know, it can still... Well, it was one of the most touching... The thing is about humans... It was one of the best, easily one of the best and most memorable moments this year on Coronation Street. I know, but that's that's because, first of all, it's because an animal is a blank slate. Right. When when you see Cerberus, you're not you're not projecting any thoughts about other dogs onto him. He hasn't got he hasn't he hasn't done anything wrong. No. So there's something universal about your appreciation of a pet. Like there is a you can project your feelings about your own animals onto this pet. Mm. And almost everybody's had a, a death of a pet, whether you're a young you know, a younger child who's had a hamster die or you're a, you know, you're an older person who's seen countless Dogs or cats die. Yeah, I think lots of people were remembering. You just project it. You know, when you see somebody like... Everything gets very specific when it's a human. But with an animal, like I said, it's more of a blank slate. Mm. So everyone was crying. Everyone was crying. Twitter was aflame. Um, it was the one of the most tragic deaths of Coronation Street <laughs> in recent times. And it, unfortunately, it's a catalyst for Evelyn to fall out with Roy because she blames him for Cerebus's condition with the kidney failure because he had uh, not seen uh, Cerberus scoffing an Eccles cake, which he couldn't eat because of the raisins, which are toxic to dogs. And Roy hadn't noticed him scarfing this because he was on his phone because he's got his phone addiction, which also nearly killed his niece, Nina. That was a, it was a bit of a weird story that didn't really go anywhere, wasn't it? it did it go to this? Was this the point of Roy's... Phone addiction, so you can fall out with Yaz, uh, with with Evelyn for a bit. I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. Um, Evelyn wins a free salsa lesson from Glenda. Oh yeah, she does, doesn't she? And so she invites Roy along. This is when Roy um, was having his heart condition. Do you remember? And he kind of backs out of the salsa lesson halfway through. We think it's just because he's a bit embarrassed and overwhelmed by it, but actually he's having a heart attack. Few bit ticky, and tricky, tricky attack. problems. Yeah. Well, she, she makes up with Roy and, and his by his side when he has his stent fitted, and. Um, he has his friend Freddie. No, his friend Marvin or something. Was who it? dies? Who bequeaths him a dog somehow called Freddie, and uh, Roy uh, has. Uh, she has to look after Freddie while Roy's in hospital, yeah. and then uh, she really gets besotted with this dog and uh, will not admit it. Mm, yeah, and so they end up having to share ownership because when Roy takes control of the dog she's always saying oh, oh Freddie doesn't like this oh Freddie doesn't like that and uh, in the end Roy just lets her have it <laughs> well no they're sharing it yeah, still at the know, moment aren't they you know what I mean but it's another one of these dogs or none of these pets that we don't I don't feel we're going to see very much no, of no it's show. sad because Cerberus some, some was pets great. like Cerberus and, and Eccles are often there they're just like a few frequently seen in scenes but, but this Freddie I can imagine is going to be a dog that only shows up when, when, when needed. Even like David the dog, we've seen less and Very less now. Of. Some of it was COVID, but... Yeah, well, I think a they've lot got of, rid of a few got things. got a lot to answer to, because I think Coronation Street's used it as a way of smoothing some things out mm. and making They realise that things will still work if we don't have X, Y and Z. Yeah, this is, makes life too complicated and we're going to get mm. rid of it. Um, the question is, is Freddy, Freddy Plummer or Freddy Cropper? Do you reckon? Yeah. I think Evelyn would would have something to say that. And is it is it Freddie Cropper Plummer? <laughs> <laughs> would you... Freddie Cropper is only a stage a step away from Freddie Krueger though, isn't it? 
Do you think they could combine them and call him Freddy Cromer? No. What happened next? <laughs> Sorry. That's no, fine. <laughs> Having a flight of fancy, if you don't mind. So at the same time, she's she's getting to fancy Roy more and more, but she won't admit it, and she gets jealous of him being friends with Yasmin. And then we have a blast from the past. Cassie turns up, and before this point, nobody had any idea who was watching Corrie that Cassie was still alive. Only Evelyn knew that she wasn't dead, and she pictures up, um, and Evelyn sees her and doesn't say anything. It was, it was a good episode when she came back because, like, the, there were scenes of her sitting on like Maxine's bench, weren't there? Well, and Evelyn sees her. Even yeah. sees her lurking and doesn't go to her, but eventually she gets summoned to hospital because Cassie gets um. Does Cassie, did Cassie try and go up to her and Evelyn didn't want anything to do with her? I can't remember, but well, yeah. there's a point where Cassie has a chance to speak to her, but she walks. She, it doesn't look like Evelyn's seen her and she mm. doesn't talk to her. Well, they certainly get a chance to speak in hospital, don't well, they? Well, Cassie gets to, to observe some things that Evelyn didn't want her to see. And she realises that she has a son that Evelyn is in touch with. Mm. And she did not know this. And there's a very... Um, a really fantastic scene between Claire Sweeney and Maureen Lippmann um, in the, at the hospital when... Cassie is recovering from her overdose and they have this bitter reunion, very long, very, very intense, really beautifully acted, beautifully written scene where they kind of fill us in as viewers as to what the deal is between these two women. And we, we really get the idea that Evelyn is wanting to wash her hands of this daughter. Well, she's Anything fought. that she ever does to help get her clean, she'll just fall off the well, wagon she's scared, again. She's scared she'll invest all this time and effort and love. And, and she's and only she's got so to, much time left. Well, she's trying to protect her heart from breaking again yeah. after Cassie chooses drugs over her family. And Cassie's convinced that she will not do it again. Mm. But she's in hospital because of her overdose. She has um, grand aspirations that she can't really fulfil because she's got a medical condition whereby she's addicted. Mm. It's tough. And it's really well observed by Coronation Street. It's... um heartbreaking but a very realistic portrayal of this dynamic between a drug addict and their loved one so um evelyn is worried that cassie's gonna turn up and speak to tyrone and spill the beans on the fact that she's not dead after all and so evelyn tries to get her clean she agrees to help her they go to stay in james's flat and um this is when Maureen Littman has again gone to do another run of Rose, her play, in the West End. Uh, so we get a little break there from, from the two of them. Until a few weeks ago. Till very recently when they come back to Weatherfield. Cassie's got a flat. Um, they're both living there secretly, but Cassie reveals who she is to Tyrone. And Tyrone doesn't really appreciate Nana's help in hiding. Yeah, and this, this is where we are at the mom. moment, aren't we? Tyrone... Um, is yeah, Evelyn's not in Tyrone's good books. Evelyn's been shunned. She's been um reg uh, sort of what's the word? Where you push someone away. Ostracized. She's been ostracized to the to the junkie flat in the precinct, mm. which has got two front doors now. <laughs> and uh it's Cassie who's living with Tyrone. The girls are in Norwich, Fizz is in Norwich, and it's just Tyrone. Yeah, the and girls Cassie. are just in Norwich visiting Fizz, but I mean school's starting next week, so I guess they'll be back soon and we're we're 
I don't know whether the Cassie store is running this week, but maybe in the next couple of weeks it's going to come back again, so we'll have the girls again. I've literally I've got no idea when Jenny McAlpine's back on the show as Fizz, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. Mm. Um, and it, it does seem at the moment, because we're seeing Cassie being very sneaky and still clearly on the drugs, it seems that well, yeah, Evelyn is got, right she's to, got to, her, to distrust her. This is a, a prescription drug that it can be... Yeah abused which is what she's doing yeah but i think i guess at the end of this well i, I, I still haven't decided what i think but evelyn is definitely going to be proven right that she's a wrong one but whether then cassie decides to stay on and become a, the latest in Corey's reformed mums um or whether she's gonna uh, d- disappear off mums. again yeah maybe she'll be a dead mum or she'll disappear off to Bristol or South Africa again. Who who can say? I mean, they're very similar. I don't know how I'd pick between the two. <laughs> so that that is everything, basically, that Evelyn's been getting up to over the past five years. I mean, it's not quite 400 episodes, but we still managed to fill quite a lot of time. A lot of it was um, was really just gushing with praise about Maureen Lippman. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that she... I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I'll do it again if I have the chance. Yeah, and it's t- it's definitely taken some viewers a while to come round to her. And there are still some I know that really do not get on with her at all. Mm. They don't... don't. I don't know whether it's they don't like the what? actress, they don't like the character. There's... But I, I think I'm seeing fewer accusations that she's just another Blanche. Which was she what really was isn't. very it's very easy to have said that back at the beginning, wasn't it? I mean, I mean battle Blanche... axes have been a thing in Coronation Street since day one. Yes. Um, Blanche is just an Ina Sharples. Blanche is Ina Sharples. Well, you know what I'm saying. If you're going to go around saying so and so is like that, then there are only really about ten characters on Coronation Street just wearing different faces. I mean, your battle axes. You got Blanche, Ina, Sylvia. Yeah. Um, there's a. There's not been There's loads. There's not loads, no, there aren't. So maybe that's why the... Um, compar- what's her face in the wheelchair? Phyllis Oh um, Yeah, Phil- no, 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 Maud. Maud, Maud in the wheelchair. And Phyllis. Phyllis a bit of a battle axe. I mean, you can say that, you say, you know, Ivy. Was Ivy a battle axe, maybe? Yeah, I, maybe. Um, but I, I would hope that over the years it's become more obvious that Evelyn isn't just Blanche Mark II. I think... No, she's not. Uh, Blanche uh, didn't have as much... Blanche was a secondary character in almost every story. She had a couple of plots, but but Evelyn has got a lot more autonomy and she's a bit more of a... She drives her own fortune. Yeah, we have a few Blanche stories, you're right, where she was, as we were saying earlier, getting Deirdre and Ken back together. I mean, she, she had that romance with Archie. That, that was the main story that, was that I would... That story. Yeah, and, and I think that was the, the way that she dealt with that kind of was, is a clear way of showing how she is different from Evelyn and Evelyn is all is so so reluctant to say I love you or to admit that she she's got feelings romantic feelings towards someone but when Blanche was going out with Archie she was kind of singing it from the rooftops like look who I've got parading this guy on my arm um, and she was certainly not afraid to um, to admit that she had these feelings Whereas Evelyn, yeah, she's much more... She doesn't want to let people in. Um, Blanche was often there just for the for the one-liners, um, for the for the scathing put-downs of people. And although we do get that from Evelyn... And I, I'm, I'm going to say, I mean, there, there are pages on the websites and um, 
curry books and everything that have got long lists of Blanche quotes. And I don't think that exists for Evelyn. I don't think that could exist for Evelyn. I think that Blanche was such a gift to write for and, and Maggie Jones did a brilliant job in delivering those Blanchisms that we all love. Um, and and, and they, they, I think they've purposefully not done that with Evelyn, you know? They're, they're not, there's not many memorable Evelyn quotes. She's not a But that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, she's not a quipper. Well, one of the one of my favourite ones was... Um, she, she was saying to Tyrone one time, um, some people are an open book, some people are a closed book, you're more of a colouring book. <laughs> um, but... I, I, I think that she is she is different to, to Blanche. Think... She's got a different she 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 was she's there as the one that's running the family. She's Ty, Tyrone and Fizz, although it's their house, they're the you know, the, the lead adults of the family, they're the head of the household, it feels like there's been a lot of steering by Evelyn, whereas Blanche was definitely more of a, a guest under the roof of Ken and Deirdre, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that um I think, you know, Blanche is beloved. I love her so much. I think she was fantastic in the show. Um, it doesn't take anything away from her to point out that Evelyn's more rounded. And um, when you're looking at Evelyn's character, with Blanche, she lends herself more to the concept of picking out the favourite Blanche lines. Whereas Evelyn didn't just, doesn't just have lines. She has a bit more depth and, and a backstory like you know Blanche, Blanche was in the show f from almost the beginning of of Deirdre's character yeah she went away had, a, had a bit of a gap but yeah um but she, she Blanche had a kind of a different relationship in the family she was more like a uh what's the word I'm looking for a dependent mm. whereas whereas um I think Evelyn's a matriarch yeah I She's think... the one with the power in the family. Like every people defer to her. Fizz and Tyrone wish that they were in charge as much as. But you know, if e Evelyn feels like she, she rules the roost there a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think that we get we see more of the tough love from Evelyn as well. Like I could imagine that in some situations Blanche would be more like, oh, I can't, I can't be dealing with this. Whereas Evelyn tackles things more head Blanche on. Blanche was more we vulnerable did... as well. Yeah, she was. She yeah, she was more she vulnerable. She was more physically frail too. We we did get, we did get some scenes, some really great heart to heart scenes with Blanche and Deirdre, with Blanche and Tracy. So it's not like she was only there for the comic relief, but it yeah, it does feel like there is a bit more roundedness yeah. with Evelyn. Blanche had a lot of depth. I don't want to take anything away from Blanche. I just wanted to point out the differences between these characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I ha I have found a few quotes from Maureen. Let well, them, there you go then. You know, we, we, we like um we like these quotes on the character profiles. This this is what um this is what she has to say about Evelyn. Look, she goes and pays money for a cup of tea, and she could make it at home at Roy's. This is about no, whether on. this is about whether she's going out with Roy or not. She pays money for a cup of tea. She could make it home yeah. in Roy's. It, it, sorry. Yes. She's talking about whether she whether anything's going to happen with her and Roy. Look, she goes and pays money for a cup of tea she could make at home and Roy's quite frequently, so she does want to spend time with him. That's quite interesting that she's even pointing that out because pretty much everybody on the street go to Roy's to pay for a cup of tea so they could make at home, but it doesn't mean they've all got the hot. I was going to say, I think you're missing something here, Michael. Um, Roy's what? obviously got some pheromones. 
Well, yeah, clearly. Um, I don't think Evelyn has the hots for Roy or him for her, though, she says. It's lukewarm at best, and I don't think she's going to get her vest off. Or his. Uh, <laughs> but there are many forms of love. They're lonely people. She had the chance for romance with Arthur and sort of blew it. I think the stable door is shut and the horse has bolted. Now, this was in March this year that she said that, and it does feel that things have moved ahead a little bit more than then. I think that she does have the hots for him a little bit. I think she'd quite like the idea of a bit of companionship with Roy okay, in more right. than just a platonic way. I'm going to say um, something about her character. Do it. Um, she has a child. So, so she's got her relationship with Tyrone and Fizz and the girls and she has Cassie. But Cassie, you know, Cassie doesn't belong to her. She's a grown woman, you know, she's a grown child and um, she has her own life. Yeah. And, and, she, and she's trying really hard to help Cassie, but Cassie can only help herself. And Fizz and Tyrone have sort of proven they don't need Evelyn. They've lived their lives without her. Um, Tyrone's rejected Evelyn because of what happened with Cassie. And no doubt that Cassie and Evelyn are going to have their ups and downs. So it kind of makes sense to me that Based on what's happened recently, Evelyn might have a renewed sense of longing for some relationship of of equality where she needs the person as much as they need her. Because for the best will in the world, the relationship she has with the with the sort of offspring of the family is more of a they she needs them more than they need her. Mm. Whereas in a romantic relationship, you'll you you have a more equal yeah uh, affection for one another so she might have a yearning based on the fact that she has been rejected or feels um a bit more distanced from the family that she does have she just doesn't like opening herself up to anybody well, because she wants pain yeah she's still obviously she's got lost the, Cerberus as well she's lost Cerberus she's probably the the the, the memory of Harold dying of the the brain hemorrhage blaming Cassie back, on it yeah. still coming back to her as well and she doesn't want to doesn't want to be hurt again and then I mean I'm guessing that from you know for the 40 years 40 years she didn't have anybody it yeah. seems like she's become kind of a one of these bitter old women well, that's like, oh, the world doesn't need me well, and on. I don't need them and I, I, can, I can fight my own battles and live for myself for uh, all this time. She's, she's been self-reliant as a necessity. Yeah. And so she's built up an armour. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. And and it's difficult to, to break that because you make yourself vulnerable and then you your heart gets broken. Mm. But now she's kind of... Which is why she finds it so difficult to drop that armour. And, and in the case of Arthur, there's regret. So is she gonna? Is she gonna not let that happen again? I don't know. I I'd like. I think I'd quite like to know a bit more about those missing forty years. Like, do I even know what job she did? Yeah. What was she? Yeah. I what was her know. profession? Did she have? Did she have a career? That, or did that's she... a career worth of time, isn't it? Yeah. There's there's absolutely room for faces from the past, not just James. To come in and, and fill in some of those gaps. Well, she's and I think got a if, sister. Yeah, she has got a sister. Um, is she alive? We don't know. Does she have any other siblings? We don't know. Yeah, and um, I think that, you know, there there are only a certain number of years we're going to have Evelyn on the show. I mean, best will in the world. She's not still going to be on the show in 20 years' time, well, is she? I don't she? know. <laughs> so I don't know. She's, I'd, I'd like to have a fully, are... fully rounded version of this cl- classic current character. 
that you know i'm gonna say something um i don't know you know you don't want to ever want to um i'm gonna touch wood you don't ever want to write anybody off but um she could have a long time left if she wants to if she's healthy and um I, honestly i wonder there, there are i'm gonna say there are characters in the show now she's gonna outlast easily oh yeah some of them are incredibly disposable and i think that she's not no yeah, so, well, we will have to see, won't we? Um, but she's she's certainly gone down well with viewers. She's, she's got her awards since she's joined in. I remember when... Um, it's the only reason she's in it, sure. In 2019, she got the Best <laughs> Newcomer Award at the Inside Soap, and she made a great speech about how ridiculous that seemed for somebody of her um, background to be receiving a Best Newcomer Award. But she's also, from the Inside Soap Awards, got the funniest performance in 2021, uh, the best comic performance in 2022. I'm guessing they just renamed the awards. Um, and then also this year's British Soap Awards. Um, she got best comedy performance as well. And I think the main, the only reasons why she hasn't got more British Soap Awards is because that went on hiatus for a few years, didn't it? Over yeah, right, COVID. So uh, which is it's a shame. It, the Inside Soap Awards and the British Soap Awards, you think they're like best comic performance and then British Soap's like best comedy performance, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um... What else have we got to say? Oh, there was a there was a load of complaints in twenty twenty one. She has uh, had complaints made against. She says her. things because, like, she she this is really it just really winds me up when this happens. Um, characters on soaps are not there to um, always say the right thing and and be goody goody two shoes. She um she's. A, I think it's completely appropriate. Sometimes she will absolutely say things that quite a few people are feeling. And so, like this one here, where she's well, got she the complaints. play therapy, she says. This is about hope. She's had a play therapy, touchy-feely rubbish, new age, but she needs something long-term. Teach her right from wrong, is so, what Evelyn said. 275 people, people got annoyed about the fact that she called play therapy touchy-feely rubbish. You're not supposed which... to listen to Evelyn saying something and go, she is my golden standard for educational values. I'm going to listen to Evelyn Plummer and reject the idea of But sometimes therapy. she will say things that people are thinking, and I think there are certainly a, a number of people who will think, well, no, teach children do need to be, you know, not shown the cane or anything, but... If your child's setting fire to trampolines and killing unborn children, yeah. you might want to perhaps change the approach. Mm. But anyway, Ooh, that, that complaint was, was not upheld. I don't I think they... I want to know how often... Podcast.com. Have we ever done a show about Ofcom complaints? Like, have no, they ever upheld? Quite a good one, actually. That would be really fun. We should do that bonus episode. Yeah, that would be a good. Have one they to ever do. upheld a complaint? I don't know. And what 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 does that mean? What I feel I feel that it's been a while since we've had a good complaint. Yeah. I think comedy in the cloud. I think the acid attack episode earlier this year got a handful for being quite harrowing, but apart <laughs> from that, it it feels like it used to be a bit more often. That it would be people... like hundreds of people have complained of uh, Coronation most... Street for X, Y, and Z. It was almost like a badge of honour for Kate Oates, wasn't it? Oh, oh yeah, how many was... complaints can I get for this? I bet she had because it got those... people talking. You know, you know those like this uh, factory has been accident free for yeah. a number of days. This soap she... has been complained for. Or maybe she had like you know like when you have the the church needs a new roof and this is our fund. Yeah, you think she had like a thermometer and she was like. How many can I get up here? I want a thousand. <laughs> I, I went onto the Ofcom website earlier on today and it's really difficult to find archives of complaints. Like Apparently there was an episode in early July or late June, I can't remember, that got two complaints, but I couldn't find out what it was about. I don't know whether I'm, there's a whole section of it that I couldn't find. but um, Well, we, we need to get them. We, they, they need to be a bit more. Maybe um, we can make it a, um, 
an interview uh, episode and get somebody from Ofcom on. <laughs> Maybe. Um, a few more Evelyn quotes from Maureen yeah, before yeah, we 70, finish. 72 complaints for the acid attack. That's Fuck. tame. I mean, it can shows that not that... as many people are watching the soaps anymore that the number think... of complaints go down as well. Well, can you believe that more people complain that Evelyn belittled play therapy than they did that somebody's face was literally melting off in a shower? <laughs> um, right, a couple more quotes and then we will end this. So this is a few years after her debut, Maureen said, I'm not keen on the idea of softening her. This is quite interesting. I think it's a good balance to have someone who can speak her mind. When you watch the old episodes, you watch them and they talk at the speed of the typewriter as it's written on the typewriter. So bring Bet bring a bit of that back. She's formidable and I think she should stay formidable. I love her. It's absolutely mm -hmm. right when you look at the early episodes and people like Ina Sharples just... Blah, 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 blah. It was like no, oh my goodness. no gaps. They were sharp and fast like bullets it came out. Yeah, and e Evelyn is like that to some extent, but it felt like lots of people were like that in the early days. So if like one character's doing it now, it's not going to be as noticeable. Um, but she didn't like the idea of Evelyn being softened but I think it's been quite important for the character. I think that in her early days, as much as I was wowed by the idea of Maureen Littman coming in, she was more difficult to like, wasn't she? She had some funny moments, like with the dogging in the, you know. Like... I'm going to say I, I was a bit of a critic of Evelyn. I, I, I wanted mm. to really like her when she first came in. I really, really wanted to. But I it... was so ready for a new battle axe. The same way I love a serial killer. I think a battle axe is an important part of Coronation Street. Yeah. That like the texture of the show. And um, the, I just thought she came off as nasty and unfunny in, in her, you know, her original few months. And I think it took yeah. them a while to iron out how are we going to make Evelyn different from the previous characters of this type, um, but also, um, you know, antagonist for people? And I think they they missed the mark to begin with. I do, but I but I think they were able to. I think it was. It I think it was fast. when the the whole what's Evelyn's secret? Oh, it was me that dumped you on the police station steps, and then when she was able to open up to Tyrone and get a bit teary about that and. And that showed that she did have some humanity in her. And I think it was from around about that point onwards that you were like, okay, so this is this is what Evelyn's going to be like. She does, she does have a beating heart in there somewhere. So Yeah, I agree. Um, final quote. We've seen a few more nuances to her. This is in 2020 she said this. Although she still has no discernible membrane between her brain and her lips. Fortunately, she's able to take it as well as she gives it out. She has a soft spot for Roy, even likes facts, as Roy does, and is curious about issues. So, so there you go, all the way back there. It makes you wonder whether they had a different storyline in, in mind before COVID There was definitely hit. some kind of connection between her and Roy very, yeah, very right early from the on. Yeah, very start. But I wonder but, uh, whether it was supposed to be a love triangle between uh, her, Roy and... And Arthur. And Arthur, maybe. Who knows? We'll never Nobody find out. Well, I would love to know. I wish that there was, you know what, you know, in 10, 20, 30 years' time, are we going to get Corrie COVID diaries to find out what mm. happened? It was must have been chaos. I take my hat yeah, off. Yeah, we, we've anybody. heard some things about they had to they had to change this. There were some things I like to trumpet about. This is how we managed to do this. But yeah. the amount there must of, be a lot of the, stuff. The but... amount of frantic underwater paddling there must have been while on surface yes. they were able to maintain some sense of um, serenity. And of yeah. course, the, the the issue is that you can't talk about it without talking about people's private medical 
um, yes, information, exactly. which is not appropriate at all. But maybe when everyone's maybe dead, when everyone's yeah, we won't be able to read it though, will we? <laughs> um, if 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 Evelyn were to eventually leave the program, would you want her <laughs> to be dead? Right. Would you like her to go off and have a happy life with Cassie? Would you like her to go off with Arthur? What's, um, what's or, your pick? Where's the alien? How one. do we pick for aliens? No, that's not an this. option. Um, I, I I like the idea of her going to Canada. I think I like I the idea. idea. Well. I mean, I don't know um, Paul. I don't know if he would come back to the show or I not. Think he for would. it, I know, but will he be around? Will mm. he be able to? Don't know, but I can. It kind of like the the. The minimum I would accept, which would still be quite fun, I think, would be for Evelyn to say, I'm going to Canada. I don't know how I'm going to find him. I don't know where he is, but I'm going to find Arthur and, you know, leave it open. Yeah. Like, uh, I uh, think uh, she... Just imagining um, imagining Evelyn kind of trampling across Canada and forcing her way into making Canadians help her <laughs> on her quest to find her lost love. I can kind of see her saying, well, my job here is done with Tyrone and Fizz and kind of Mary Poppinsing off into the horizon. Yeah, um, like a malignant Mary Poppins. Yeah, but I, I think if, if we were to see her going off with Cassie and saying, you know, we've, we've, I've got you clean, we've built, rebuilt the bridges again, I'm going to be the mum that I never could be before, I'd just be left with a tinge of sadness and like, oh, you know, things are probably going to, go south with her what if she falls off the wagon again but if if her final uh, moments were I'm going to go and live whatever life I've got left with Arthur I think that that would be quite heartwarming mm -hmm. and she 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 absolutely deserves a good exit I mean that I suppose is the would be the classic back of the taxi exit which is kind of a kind bit naff yeah. but maybe maybe if it was similar to Becky's because that was a oh, I'm yeah. going off now exit, and that was very triumphant. Oh, I she, can imagine she, she deserves something like that. Oh, I can, oh, imagine her final scene being a bit like Becky's, where she's on the plane and she's yeah. in first class, and they're like, "Would you like some champagne, Miss Miss Plummer?" And she's like, "Yeah, I've got plenty to celebrate. I'm off to see my boyfriend." Yeah, and then like a proper genuine smile. I think I think that'd be lovely. But hopefully, we won't have to have to worry about that for a, for a little while i'm sure she's got plenty more adventures to come but I we'll have so. to see but it felt it felt appropriate and we have managed to nearly get two hours out of this character but do you remember when that's... we used to do like 20 minutes yeah i know full-blown but th this, th this is this is a big one and it's what, what's gone on there uh yeah uh, this is a, a real favorite of ours um i i it's one of these characters that when she's in a scene you know there's going to be something good something something good's going to happen and when she gets a storyline well Corrie's in, a, in and a good place. It also helps that she spends some of her time with one of my favourite characters of all time, Dev. Uh, yeah. Her and Dev. Her and Dev, brilliant together. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I do think that was a, a great move, put her in the shop, I really do. <laughs> oh. imagine, imagine Dev one day gets a bit tipsy and he's like, hey, Evelyn. Oh, uh, gosh, Evelyn, yes. like, you know, I've been with an older woman before. <laughs> He could. <laughs> having De like... Oh my gosh, Dev getting drunk and coming on to Evelyn. That has got to happen. <laughs> or even he could, you know, there's the there's the classic soap thing of somebody gets naked and sticks a rose between their mouth and they turn around because they their think lips. that they're... Yeah, yeah they're between the lips. somebody they're, coming in. They think, they think that somebody else is going to be there and he ends up flashing his bits to Evelyn. I think that <laughs> there, there could be a lot that comes I... out of that. <laughs> 
There you go, Corey. Please there you make go. You it can, happen. You can have that one on us, Corinne. You know how many times we've said like, "Oh, wouldn't it be funny if?" And then, and then you know, we know that some Corey people listen to this, and they're just like, "Well, that's one in the bin that we can't use now." <laughs> Thanks very Honestly, much. Honestly, did you use it? We don't mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. I'd, I. I quite like I quite like to meet Maureen Littman one day. I don't know whether this is that'd be a I case don't, of meeting I think your heroes might not. I read a um a, a blog post that Will Wheaton wrote. He was yeah. Wesley Crusher in uh, Star Trek: Next Generation about when he met William Shatner mm. for the first time, and William Shatner was an absolute ass to him, and uh, it just like made it broke his heart to a million pieces. I can imagine myself saying something utterly ridiculous and stupid, or being. In a, like accidentally rude or interrupting the great Maureen Lipman and um, her her icy gaze, mm. like Evelyn in Evelyn's character. Would I know. I mean, blast we, we've me met space. we've met so many of the actors on Coronation Street at this point. Like so I've got I've got many. I've got no kind of nerves or or, or anything about chatting to to of most of them. Lippmann. But I I think this would be one that I'd be like. Oh, There's a few that if, I would be scared of. What if? What if? Todd Boyce. Um, Jimmy Harkishan, Maureen Lippman. Oh, I think I'd be. I think Todd Boyce and Jimmy Harkishan. Yeah, but I've right. seen them in real life, and I was scared of them because <laughs> they're both really tall. Yeah. Um, like, well, William Roach was a bit scary. Not scary, but no. I was no, but I was in awe. That's the thing. I'm thinking I would be in awe. William Roach just swooshed past us. And I know. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And um. I think we did. We see Helen Worth, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We saw Helen Worth. She she said a little hello to us. Oh. Yeah, but I think I can imagine that she would be. You know, nice and I, I anyway. Maybe well, one day it will happen. We'll have to see. Get her on the podcast for an interview. <laughs> that, that's another one. Like mostly with these interviews, I don't have any nerves about it anymore. There were but a if few I, I could imagine doing an interview with Maureen Littman and just completely, completely turning to jelly and sounding like a blathering idiot. So maybe it's best that that doesn't happen. Well, she's but... absolutely wonderful, and I love her very much. Yes, stay on the show for as long as you can, please. And... Don't let her go Coronation Street. And if Ian McLeod does go one day, don't take her with you, whatever you do. No. Right, we are going to finish because, I mean, this is the second podcast we've recorded today. We did our Patreon one earlier on today, so I think we need to rest our little voices, don't we? No more speaking. Have some dinner. No more speaking for the rest of the day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this little look back at memory lane. And here's to another five plus years of Evelyn, eh? I want at least. That's at five plus years and no more pandemics. That means she has to be off screen for Don't long periods that. of time. Just, just again. <laughs> Anything else to add? No. Me neither. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye.